Thanks for tuning in to another THP podcast powered by Dakota Lithium. This is the fourth episode of our live podcast series that we're doing on our new YouTube channel. If you guys haven't checked out that new channel, you can search the Hunting Public Podcast on YouTube and you'll find our new channel. It's pretty much the same logo. It's just got headphones on it and instead of it being a yellow circle, it's a white circle. So if you guys like listening and watching podcasts, please go over there and subscribe to our new channel. We're posting a recorded podcast every Tuesday afternoon. We're also going to be recording live podcasts on there every Thursday. And you guys can hop on, interact with us, ask us questions. And we really appreciate you guys jumping on there and joining us for those. This episode that you're about to listen to, I recorded from my office in Colorado. And I jumped on a call with Jake, Ted, and Nick while they were down in Texas. We kind of catch up in general. We talk about everything from what's going on with my knee to what those guys are doing down in Texas and what their game plan is for hunting down there. And we also just talk a bunch of turkey hunting strategy as well. So hopefully you guys enjoy this podcast. Before we get into it, I wanted to remind you guys that we have partnered with the social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild's a free social community where not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit DownloadGoWild.com to get started or click the link in the description of this podcast. Also, if you guys have any interest in picking up a new bow this offseason, we can help save you 10% off of all bear archery equipment. You can also find a link to bear archery in the description of this podcast, and our code THP10 is also listed down there. My best piece of advice if you're wanting a new bow is to go to your local dealer, pick out several bows that are within your price range, shoot them, and just see which one works best for you. I think it's easy to get caught up in a lot of things when picking a bow, but to me, the most important thing is being comfortable with it yourself. So if you do that and you want to save some money on your bear bow, we can help save you 10%. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast, and we hope to see you on the next live recording on our new podcast channel this Thursday, April 13th. Make sure if you tune in, you bring your questions along, and we'll make sure to answer them along the way. Let's get this episode started. We are live. Well, why don't you give everybody an update to start? My update is I am feeling pretty good as of the last few days here. Um, Swelling's gone down, and... I have the ability to walk without crutches or the clear to walk without crutches as tolerated. So it's not like I'm, you know, flying, but I can get around the house now without having crutches under my pits, which was more challenging than I thought it would be, but it's not the end of the world. Um, but I'm glad I don't have to use them. And then, uh, yeah, in general, I just not having as much pain, really like not even taking much pain meds anymore like I was definitely not like I was and like barely taking them at this point so I mean things are looking get looking better like we're getting better but you had some fluid built up in there yeah so like this is this is probably the funniest story to me not the funniest story but the uh most surprising part for me was at the end of week one like going to 
you know, exactly a week from the surgery, I was like, you know, I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like this is getting a lot better, and I was doing PT, and at that point it was pretty basic stuff. And um, I started to, like, take painkillers less. So then I went to PT uh, one week and one day after the surgery, and they, like, doubled everything. They unlocked the brace, and I just started moving my leg a whole lot more all in one day. And that same day I decided that I was also going to just tough it out and not do any painkillers anymore. Well, that was at first thing in the morning, and then by 3 o'clock, wrecked. I just felt terrible. And then for like the next four days, I feel like with that additional movement, all of a sudden it was like, you know, whoa, that's hurting. So uh, I'd say for, you know, the whole second week then was pretty rough just because it was a new and unique pain, if you will, that uh, was this fluid buildup and it would hurt. It would just ache from like my toes all the way to my hip. But, you know, once that started going away, and, like, there's ways to even get that moving around, just, like, massaging it and stuff. Like, really, you could visibly see it moving. Like, I would put the brace on or, like, the ice packs and stuff where the straps are. And within 10 minutes, I would just have these huge lumps of fluid on my leg. So, you know, got through it, but it wasn't Sounds fun. Sounds like you're in a turkey on that. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's a... The thing that is uh, a little bit, um, I guess, that I'm trying to stay conscious of is knowing my tendencies, which I texted you guys about this the other day. It's like, the thing is, if I go, I'm going to just end up, you know, pushing it probably too hard and, like, I probably need a little bit more time yet. But I'm feeling way more confident that I'm going to be able to go in some fashion by the end. So it is what it is. Otherwise, just yeah, daydreaming I mean, of daydreaming. Somebody, some, some one of these ranches here in Texas, you could figure out how to turkey hunt. I'd say. Yeah, I think it'd work. Oh, yeah. Been yeah. riding up to most spots we've been sitting in. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. We got here what four or five days ago now? Yeah, like four days ago, I think. We rolled into the Andrews residence. We got to meet Nick Fam, and they just had a. The whole spread of food we <laughs> ate till we got sick pretty yeah. much and then we rolled out the next day and we went to his deer lease where he's grown up hunting over there and just been kind of bouncing around there the yeah. last couple of days riding around trying to i mean pretty much the only thing you can't shoot here is deer right now so yeah deer and in this particular part of the state turkeys but everything else is pretty much fair game mm-hmm and we just like with the axis deer hunt that was just spur of the moment i mean by chance that that, that happened and that one came by or that that you were in the right area for it or what how that we even mean went. by chance i mean yeah our day didn't start that way our day started with trying to turkey hunt down mm-hmm. south and that didn't pan out and my buddy was like i got some axis does that just showed up and plenty of hogs if y'all just want to go hang out at the house for a while then we'll go try to kill them this evening and that's what we did we just went and hung out watched a little march madness talked and uh and then went and got into then this ground blind that he's got and it was this non-stop action for about two hours between turkeys rolling through whitetails and then axis i mean we we had them in our crosshairs we just didn't we weren't able to you know kind of send one out that way and uh 
They but, made it by us, and then he, a, couple, a little while later, we heard him pop off the shot, and he dropped one. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I wanted to do was eat one, so I was just yeah. excited to have one. And it was, it's, it's good. It's definitely a different flavored meat than yeah. Anything. Yeah, it was more porkish, like mm-hmm. y'all had said. I've never, you know, well, the only axis I'd ever eaten up to that point was in burger form, and I mean, I don't think I would notice eating it then mm-hmm. that way. But just having grilled backstrap like that, you could really tell the difference. Kind of like super with, sweet, had a yeah. lot of sweet taste to it. Mm-hmm. it seemed like, and that Even, was that was like a pretty small dough that we ate. So it was just like you know, yeah, probably the best eating uh-huh. one that you could possibly shoot. Mm-hmm. Really, that was a fun a fun day. I mean, just something completely off the wall. Just it was one of those up. deals where it's like typical out of state deal where you show up thinking you're gonna be able to turkey hunt, and then you get there and you can't turkey hunt. So we, it was one of the, but it, we made the best of it. And honestly, yeah. it ended up, I mean, we get turkey on all spring, but we don't get to possibly shoot axis deer, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you mean by the, you couldn't got there thinking you were going to turkey hunt and you didn't, what was there like? We this, just weren't able to hunt, hunt that spot where we were at because like the South zone is open right now yeah. in Texas. So we drove down there hoping to hunt the place and weren't able to when we got there but he lived right down the road from it so i see so we you just you, you just weren't i got you you just weren't able to like mm-hmm. participate in the sport in the particular location that you thought yeah. were yeah but like so there's all these turkeys are running running around in front of us and like in that zone it was open like we i think we had texted you and like i mean you can crack him with a rifle down here i guess <laughs> <laughs> so like we could we could have really laid down the long beards but i don't think we would have got an invite back <laughs> yeah we would have we lost a friend there <laughs> the reason but, the reason he's not hunting them in that spot is because he thought that he only had what three long beards left he thought he had three left and turns out there's five but basically he decided that he's just gonna let you know and until he sees them not with hens he's just not gonna hunt them just because he wants to he wants to let them breed first which is kind of cool i think that's something interesting interesting that i mean that you've talked about since we've been here and really the only other person that has turkey hunting around here that has you know that was a thousand acre Farm, yeah, that lease that you grew up hunting is a thousand acres, and maybe just talk about kind of you know your turkey hunting experience through the, I guess the first years, and then you guys realized maybe you're shooting too many turkeys, and yeah. then you kind of you know tamed yourself back, and you know because your limit is four here, but and and I mean you can shoot all four of them in one shot in the same spot, you yeah. know, but you guys kind of just decided. I guess you could talk about it. Yeah, we uh well seven eight years ago eight years ago actually you know at that point we'd been hunting this property for 12 years and had some good years and some down years but never like bad bad down numbers and then about eight years ago i think we just had three springs in a row with just phenomenal hatches and they just stacked up and then so i mean it we were just killing them i mean like a lot I mean, we were killing them good. everybody every yeah all the lease members and we it's a thousand acre lease but we only hunt turkey hunt like 250 acres of it because they live off the property and they come over and use this little sliver of ours. And that's what we have to, you know, hunt. And there was just so many birds. It didn't matter what you did there for a few, for four years straight. I mean, we were, everybody was just killing two mm-hmm. and there's, you know, 10 lease members and you, we piled them up pretty good. And unfortunately I was in the Marine Corps for several of those years. So I missed out on some of the fun, but I got out in 2018 and that first spring we went and we didn't see the numbers. And then 19, and that's when we kind of, me and my dad had a, 
you know, realization moment. We're like, we might have messed up. And then because we had no pictures of Jake's that year and we weren't hearing a ton of birds. And then the next year it was even worse and then even worse. And then so over the last four years, I think we've only killed five or six birds off the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so we realized we we're like, well, we got to regulate it more, you know, regulate yourself ourselves basically. yeah not yeah just like because there's a lot of stuff like i asked you to talk about it because i did the same thing in wisconsin yeah i, feel I like, mean where it's like you can get as many tags as you want really and mm-hmm. i mean you can kill them all in the same spot but i've realized it's the same thing that you did yeah. over time it's like i mean if you're going to continue to hunt and kill turkeys it's it's good to spread yeah. it out as much as you can for sure and so that's what we had to do and we've regulated ourselves a lot more just not hunting the place as much um just yeah going elsewhere to try to hunt them and and now we've learned just from our, you know, one afternoon hanging out there is that they've bounced back pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> they've bounced back. All right. So we got the birds again. Now, granted, last year we didn't have a great hatch. I think we've got maybe two Jakes we've seen on camera. So we know next year there's not going to be many two-year-olds, if any. So we got to be careful. Yeah, there's a lot of long beards this year, but we still got to be mm-hmm. careful. Hope, But this year setting up to where we should have a phenomenal hatch. And Rio's are more boom or bust. And this spring is setting up to have another boom year. So go easy on them again. And then hopefully next spring we see another really good hatch. And then should be able to keep going up from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because well, it seems like we're perfect. Like there was a really good hatch, like you said, two years ago. Pretty yeah. much everywhere we've been. And a lot of people we've talked to that you know and yep. that we've met. It's just like, yeah, there's a lot of gobblers running around. Like probably a lot of two-year-old turkeys. And then last year, like you said, it, it was just everything was completely brown here until mm-hmm. what time of year did you say? Because oh, the grass didn't get over like four or five inches tall till like August. You know, it just stayed looking like winter mm-hmm. all through spring because there was just such a bad drought. I mean, there was no water anywhere. So yeah. they didn't have much cover to nest mm-hmm. in or raise turkeys in. Then you said that the you know there's no insects yeah the grasshopper crop was non-existent you know normally in may you can drive through a pasture and there's just millions of grasshoppers and last year there was none so Mm. i think that that played a huge part in it and that's why you think well that's maybe why you know it's so boomer bust for rio it's just based off a drought yeah that's pretty interesting i mean i I don't feel like that's what they deal with in the southeast like that's more of this Mm -hmm. this climate issue for sure and i guess maybe in colorado too huh zach uh, the drought yeah, yeah. i mean water is a big part water is a big part of yeah i feel like rios and western or uh rios and western and Marion's mm-hmm. is you know that's not nearly the amount of water so i think that's really important and if you have drought you're it really can mess up i mean it's it's obvious that turkeys around water too in a place like Kansas, for example. It's like they're all just right in a creek bottom or a river bottom. Like you drive through Kansas or Nebraska, for example. So I mean, mm-hmm. definitely definitely more important I would say than the eastern states. I mean, it's still important, but like obviously there's just more water. There's a wetter, more humid climate in the east. Something that I was gonna ask you, Nick, is if you don't you know, if you guys choose not to fill your tags, how are you gonna prove to anybody that you're, you know, a good turkey hunter? I just sometimes you just got to take it on the chin and you know, kind of just admit belly up and admit, you know, just not that good. Couldn't get it done. Not, <laughs> Couldn't get it done. Yeah, <laughs> gosh, that's, I, mean, that's golly, but almost, I just, it's just something you got. I'm going to have to live with. 
My dad's really going to have to live with it. I mean, poor Dana. I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I got a feeling Dana's gonna be done in like. <laughs> if Dana just sits down for more than fifteen minutes at at next leases here, it seems yeah. like you might have some luck. If he hangs out along that one road where we just happen to see, you know, ten or twelve different long beards run down, he's got a good chance. So what? So what's the plan moving forward? You guys say you're in four or five days in. What What are you doing moving forward and stuff? Yeah. So today we just. It was our first day of scouting the area that we're planning on hunting. We've mm-hmm. kind of just been messing around. Which is a public to... area? Yeah. Yep. So I guess we've been trying to kill hogs and access yep. deer here the last couple of days, but now I guess this morning. And then we didn't get out to listen this morning, but tomorrow morning we're going to be going out to listen. We did see a long weird on public here this afternoon, so, and we're, we're finding signs, so it's, it's looking pretty good. Like Kind of like I mentioned before, it's just one of those deals where we might have just hit it on the perfect year. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah, I hope I hope that's the case come Saturday. Yeah. About midday. <laughs> Isn't this Saturday but, the opener for this new, or this other zone that you guys are in now? Yeah. Yep, yep and, so uh, I'll go out and listen tomorrow morning and hopefully find, you know, several different turkeys if if all goes well and then probably spend a lot of the day just cruising around there's i mean it's it rained here most of the day so we'll be looking for just fresh tracks you know and wet spots along the road we found some of that today already so mm-hmm. and they didn't have a bunch of time to lay a bunch of sign down so i think you know i think when you're showing up to new areas like two or three days after a fresh rain that's pretty ideal really it's yeah. just like all that sign you know is within you know whatever that time frame is since the last rain so that's going to be yeah and it looks like we're going to have great weather for opening day too so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it gets a little warm and rainy and stuff like that yeah, but... like monday tuesday you know it's going to mm-hmm. get warm but nothing completely out of the ordinary it might mm-hmm. you know kind of dampen things a little bit but i think we'll still be it able seems to... like the turkeys are feeling feeling their loins right now because yeah. we haven't seen many of them that were out of strut i want to say even this uh-huh. morning when it was raining we were driving here nick looks over there's two long beards there's a pecker in the front but the other one i mean it's like sprinkling pretty good yeah. it seems already just like they're more tolerant of the weather than mm-hmm. southeast turkeys like mm-hmm. the southeast turkeys just seem to get so finicky about weather and just how they're going to act but it, it was raining here all day yeah, well and, and these ones you can see them while you're driving down the road it seems yeah. like in the southeast you don't hardly ever see them mm-hmm. while you're just driving around yeah too. they don't care too much yeah. about the vehicle yet here uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. the only thing i'm too concerned with is the wind yeah. factor you know yeah. it, it could get you know pretty breezy at times so that might make it tough for locating birds and mm-hmm. especially in the middle of the day but there is a little bit of terrain here too though where i mean we I think the turkeys will probably want to get out of the wind and mm-hmm. i mean you might be able to hear them better down in there too but yeah it was it was pretty breezy today and yesterday really yeah. i'm excited about it <laughs> we might roll up on some hogs too at some point yeah hogs are fair game uh, so i got a cooler kind of i mean not full because it wasn't very big but we got some access meat to bring home so yeah i'm excited about that is there still ice on it yeah okay mm-hmm Oh, the struggle. The struggle of being on the road. That's one thing I've had to deal with is, dude, do we have enough ice? No, we got to go back to town to get ice for the 500th time on the road. Yeah, but I wasn't. You forget about those luxuries that you guys are living in. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely didn't plan on having, you know, a bigger game animal to bring home. We Mm -hmm. probably probably should have brought a whole other cooler, but yeah, we're making it work. You can take that blue one if you want, if y'all end up needing to, that. I don't care. I I bought it actually to transport a deer from 
my deer lease to home, uh-huh. you know, so you can just use it to transport for yourself. Let me tell you, Zach, Nick's dad is revved up as, about us being here on <laughs> Rios, too. He's, he said it no less than, I feel like, 10 times. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He, he, just, he would just like, you know, there'd be like some silence and he'd just be like, man. I'm excited for you guys to be. <laughs> he's like, I'm actually nervous. <laughs> he's laughing right now because he's 100 percent watching this. So, <laughs> it's like, he's like, I'm actually nervous. This is five days ago. I'm. He's like, I'm so excited to be able to chase Rios in Texas. He's like, I just think y'all, it's gonna be cool. So he's he's fired up. And something interesting about Nick and his dad is they live where there's eastern wild turkeys, but they've never killed. I, I shouldn't say you you have killed an eastern turkey, but your dad yeah. is never kill an eastern because you're not allowed to hunt them where you guys live yeah it's like the county i grew up in that county doesn't have a season there's only seven counties in east texas that have a season for easterns um, and it's just because the population is so sparse in places uh, but they're actually bouncing back pretty good it's been a constant battle you know for at my entire life you know it seems like you always heard there's no birds fire ants killed them or whatever hogs are too bad and i was like well it looks exactly like mississippi georgia alabama right there like there's no reason it can't be the same turkey wise actually fun fact a buddy of mine sent me a snapchat of two different long beards like three miles apart in a part of east texas where there is no season and i've never heard of anybody ever seeing turkey so that's mm-hmm. cool and they nwtf has been doing a lot of like super restocking or whatever dropping like 80 birds at a time in the different places and that's taking really well you said compared because yeah. they were doing what like 10 12 at a time yeah they do like 10 or 11 at a time and it just wasn't taken off except for that one property i went and listened at just mm-hmm. you know down the road from where i grew up there's a guy that had uh nwtf released 11 birds in like 1992 and now he's got th- for sure three separate flocks of you know 15 or more birds Mm -hmm. on his property which is really cool i mean it's pretty unheard of especially in east texas so but yeah my dad's never even hunted an eastern Mm -hmm. so i I told him i mean you're more than welcome to come up to wisconsin the last yeah two weeks of may i guess yeah i won't be there i hope he'd do it (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna try to keep his in the idea i'm gonna try to twist his arm and and try to do that the only Eastern he's ever heard gobble real time is when I was listening to one the other day around Marshall and I FaceTimed Face him. <laughs> he's late in bed and I FaceTimed him <laughs> and hooted to get this one to gobble so he could hear it. So and what do you guys – Yeah. W- what are you guys thinking about, like, for uh timeline? Like, what are you doing there? How long are you planning on being there and where are you going to go next? Uh, I think – be here till like the sixth is the plan mm-hmm. as long as everything goes well because i'd like to get home uh riley's taking his kids out for like the learn to hunt in wisconsin and i, I want to be home for easter and then yeah and i'm gonna go back for filming the youth hunt in iowa again uh that's the seventh through the ninth so we'll be back doing that and then i'm not sure what the plan is after that really nick's gonna stir around on some private ground around here after we leave i'd imagine he's probably oh, he's yeah. got several different opportunities i think there mm-hmm. yeah definitely after y'all leave i'll have another three to four days to continue to hunt so i'm gonna go beat up some old stomping grounds and maybe some new ones i don't know we might even ease back over somewhere familiar and try to hunt one here mm-hmm. in a few days so 
Mm-hmm. What was your guys' final thoughts on uh, Mississippi? Like, what, uh, you know, what what was the, you know, final? I what mean, I know things were going well, but like, what what's thoughts your final were, thoughts on it? My thoughts were I was kind of glad I just rolled around with, you know, the guys on private the whole time because obviously we were good friends with all those guys. So it was nice to be able to spend a bunch of time with them where otherwise, you know, I might not have. So. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. It seemed like seemed like there was, you know, just as many turkeys, if not more, than kind of everybody was hoping for that I rolled around with. And then mm-hmm. you guys got into them, too. It seemed like pretty good. <laughs> what? No, I was just thinking of something in the back of my head that I'd rather keep to myself. Is it not appropriate? Yeah, not appropriate. Okay. <laughs> my final oh, thoughts are... You just left us all hanging, boy. I'll tell, I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we had a um, awesome year there. That was one of the best years we've had there. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like it was pretty lights out compared to in the past. I feel like, uh, yeah. I feel like, you know, there's probably a combination of, you know, just experience and, you know, kind of learning to hunt down there and, you know, just, you know, you do something enough, you get more confidence to do things. So I'm sure that probably helped things. But then, you know, also sounds like it was a pretty good weather year and good you know, just good turkey numbers yeah, and everything. Late, so I'm like, sure. We're driving down there, and it's just like, holy crap, it's green. It like, especially ahead. compared to what, you know, I mean, even like the local people are just like, yeah, this is like, I, I haven't seen it like this too many times. Like, where was that early? And mm-hmm. I mean, you knew that too, I guess, because yeah. you had been sending us Snapchats of it being 80 degrees in Texas for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So probably ain't much different, but it reminded us a lot of the year of 2020 where spring was like ahead, mm-hmm. it seemed like, mm-hmm. and we were getting into them a lot in March, just having turkeys come in on a string. I think is... it's just, a, I mean, we're going to probably run into it a lot this spring just because everywhere we've gone the last really two years, it seemed like there had been, you know, quite a few jakes running around like there was good hatches that I just, it, it's it's good, but it's like you don't want to take off, you know, you don't want to hit the brakes on any of the stuff that's, you know, going on as far as all the turkey research mm-hmm. and just like trying to improve, you know, turkey habitat. Because it, it's you know it can all be boom or bust really maybe not as bad mm-hmm. as what the rios are but I mean a couple bad hatches is all it takes a couple bad springs for the numbers mm-hmm. to be you know right back down there so, yeah but it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun spring I think yeah always is <laughs> <laughs> yeah not for me maybe but no nah, you're gonna get out you're gonna get out I mean there. I probably I probably will but you, the thing that I think that I would love to just tell anybody that's listening to this is it's not even a matter that of me getting out there. It's that my, my friends know that I don't like to do things certain ways. Like I don't like to just go, just to go. I like to do things the way that I like to do it, which is crawling, getting after them, getting aggressive, walking a long way, walking all day. And it's just like, if I can't do that, it's don't get me wrong. I'm still going to try to go some, but it's like, Oh, it's not the same, you know, and You're it's not definitely not the same. You want out of it, basically. Yeah, like I, I just, yeah, it's like everybody has their way of doing it, and it's like I completely support that. And if your way is different than mine, I'm all about it. But it's like, you know, it just like just going, like for example, like just to go out just and like have somebody have it set up just for me to just get one. Like that doesn't really, you know, it's like I know that I'll be back soon enough to be able to like 
fulfill that at some point. You know, I don't need to just go get one. And I'm just as happy, really, been sitting here running this bad boy so much okay. that I'm just as happy to get out there and stand behind somebody and call, you know. So um, I guess in general, like, that's kind of my, that's kind of my, you guys get that question up there. No, it's, it's been addressed asked. to you. Well, it's been. You and, you and Aaron were the brains behind that, I think. You got a snood. So you lay him flat. You kind of lay him on his chest. You run it snood <laughs> all the way to tail. The question fan. is, how can you tell us how to measure a long bird? Yeah. So snood to tail fan. And I mean, there's really no that's, rules. That's not, there's no rules. Yeah. There's and no rules. And you can't rules, excessively but... stretch the snood. I mean, that's the thing. If you're the type of guy that's, like, going to try to get, I mean, if you care that much, then, yeah, stretch the snood. I don't really care, but I go with a loose snood. That's just an honest measurement, you know what I'm saying? Like that. You just got to have that loose, he got that loose snood on there. Have you stretch it, I mean, you got to get uh You should have seen. So the other day, Zach, we got to just watch it. A uh, gobbler, just like a subordinate gobbler, just slowly get excited. He was sitting at this feeder, and it's just like he's just pecking, you know, the whole time. He's just kind of nervous, really. Yeah. More so looking for these other basically grouped up pairs of longbeards to come beat him up. Like he's got a misplaced wing feather. Like he's just <laughs> ready to run, really. And then all of a sudden, it's just like he perks up, and you can tell he's, you know, starting to shake off a little bit and, you know, puff up, if you will. <laughs> just slowly and then he yeah. starts drifting away his head's changing color it's like he's got to be seeing another turkey you know it's just like for a minute or two and then we're, we're looking at him through the binos and all of a sudden you know in the binos just like 20 yards in front of us it's like oh there she is right there and she just like started running towards him and then he was trying to basically pull her away from the feeder because i think he knew that like those other long beards were probably going to be coming sometime soon just because you know they're they probably congregate yeah. there right before they go up to roost, but he was just like drifted away from the feeder and was trying to pull her over by him basically it seemed yeah. like. But he was... just kept drifting into that flat where you could see him less and less. Uh huh. She never she never followed him. She's all more interested in that mm-hmm. corn, yeah. believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine that. And every species around there was interested in that corn. <laughs> Except for the axes. They didn't come in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they scared at us. Kind of gave us the snickle fritz. <laughs> One thing, one thing that I've been thinking about a lot, which I don't typically think about, and this is only the thoughts only are because of, uh, you know, how limited I'm going to be in the times that I do get out is how successful somebody can be being patient. Like, I guess let's put it this way. I'm always aggressive, right? Here, turkey gobble, I'm going to go to him. Uh, I, if I see scratching, I don't really like personally enjoy the idea of just sitting and waiting too much. I mean, I can do it a little bit, but it's like, if you have all day, my thought is, is, or, you know, you have the time all morning or whatever. It's like, just get into some of these places you have confidence in and just hang loose, you know, and just really focusing on that. And I feel like that's something that we don't talk about very often because we all are so aggressive. It's like, there, there's some situations in which I'm, I'm guess I'm visualizing these places, but you know, you find a whole hillside full of scratching, kind of like what you guys are just talking about. It's like those turkeys congregate there, so it's like those are the type of places. If I'm going to set up and just hang out, just find that sign. You know, in mm-hmm. other examples would be, you know, you find tracks on a logging road where there are definitely turkeys just going back and forth. 
mm-hmm. just hang out there. And I feel like, you know, I also, I guess one of the things that I really like about turkey hunting is I don't, I definitely don't want to be limited to flat ground. I like hunting hills and mountains. That's like, that is turkey hunting to me. It's my favorite thing to do. And I've been thinking, well, how could I do that? And I think the way that I would do it is just really take her easy on places I could get around to. And once I found that sign, just set up. And I think that's, I mean, it's not anything that we've never talked about, but it's not something that I really think about being a realistic tactic for me that often. But it is right now. If I, you know, if I get out later this season, it's going to be, you know, much more. Well, I think that's a good tip too, just for people that, I mean, if you're going to be hunting early season turkeys, they're not going to be gobbling as much as they will be, you know, when all the hens are bred. So if you can just get into a spot where there's a bunch of sign or maybe you just know they like to hang out there and wait on them. I mean, we had a good example of that me and Nick, we found a bunch of sign when we buried the truck, Mm -hmm. hunted that turkey for like two days where we found, or we were diving into where we thought he was at Mm -hmm. and chasing him around and kind of got close to him the last day we were hunting him and couldn't quite get him to come in and couldn't get him to keep gobbling well then we were looping back out to the truck and he was standing right close to that sign i mean like just off the road where that sign was at so we probably would have been better off just setting up on the road close to that sign because i mean most of the time we were dealing with just a bunch of thick woods where we couldn't even hardly maneuver around to get close Mm -hmm. to them so yeah it's 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 like some for it yeah, it's like sometimes there's just that place and it's it's something that over time you get more familiar with and more confident in certain amounts of sign. I mean, I say the same thing all the time with deer hunting where it's like there's that certain amount of big buck sign where it's like there's big tracks, there's big scrapes, and there's, you know, a whole bunch of rubs. And you're like, okay, it's time to set up where even in deer hunting, same deal. I don't like to stop and I just want to keep moving. I mean, that's what there's you did certain... in Minnesota the first time you guys were up there. Yeah. Was like that's what... I mean, you felt like that was your best option to get a shot at something. And mm-hmm. I mean, it worked the first day, really. You got an opportunity at something. Mm-hmm. And I just think that the same is definitely can be said about turkey. Um, but sometimes you have to look a little bit harder for the clues, I guess. I mean, scratching is pretty obvious, similar to a scrape. But, like, looking for tracks and, you know, really being able to use the conditions to, to pick up on something that's fresh or how frequently they're using an area like droppings, tracks, scratching, all those things. But yeah, I've just been thinking about that a lot more because typically I don't think about that. Typically I think, how can I get up to the highest point and just have tons of ground to cruise? And as soon as we hear one, like, let's just cut all the distance, you know, like that's, that's more of my mentality most of the time. But even with that being said, there's always a time where it's nice to, you know, take a break if you're going to take a break it's nice to be in a spot like that or if uh you know you're not hearing a lot of gobbling in general like sometimes it's nice just to get on some sign and just hang loose and be patient because just like all critters and i mean even people right it's like if you want to find more people you know you go to places where you know they're going to be right it's like if I want to go talk to just if I want to go talk to somebody it's like I'm going to walk across the street and go to the park because I know people are walking around the park like same thing with a with a turkey it's like and 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 the sign's gonna be there and that's how you just predict that i guess or better yet you get it visual right it's like i've been thinking so much it's like man if there's ever a freaking year i should have put in for an iowa tag it would have been this year i just drove around till i saw one then just camped out right on that spot i could be hunting next week if that's the case (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just go get on a little green field and just be like, okay, sun's coming out. <laughs> Could you still get a muzzleloader tag? Have riser let you borrow his muzzleloader, maybe? Potentially, potentially. I'd have to look and see if it's uh, if there's still leftover. I mean, but with that being said, too, there's places. I mean, there's still places that I'm thinking. I mean, I'm actually thinking I'm probably gonna be able to hunt Colorado at some point. I'm not gonna maybe be able to get real wild with it, but. Is there, have you learned anything else about uh, Whitney's brother's hunt? Have you guys tried to start? I asked him about it. And he, I asked him about it, and he said that uh, he was still, last at least time I asked him about it, he said that he still has to talk to the, uh, I think he's going to call the game warden for that unit, but what Jake's talking about is um, my girlfriend's brother, Tim, he uh, uses a wheelchair, and me just having this recent surgery um we're both you know going to be limited on where we can go and he has this tag that i think would be in a pretty good area but it's private land only which kind of limits us too because it might be hard to get access but um either way i was just thinking it would be a fun thing that we could we could do here early probably here pretty soon but it would be nice if we could find a place where somebody would let us you know jive you know into a solid spot he's he's got he uses a wheelchair but he i think in the last i guess it would have been i don't know two two springs ago he got a uh, track chair so it's got the joysticks and it's got like tank tracks on it he'll be able to run down i mean he'll probably be able to get around better than me (laughs) but um so that would be that would be a fun thing that might get to do here uh, early in the se- well, well, I guess at any point in the season. Colorado actually has a really long season. I think it opens here in a couple of weeks, so I should probably start once I can. Once I have the confidence to drive a little bit, um, which I can. I just my reaction time's a little slow, you know, because it's on my right leg, and I'm a little bit worried about you know reaction time. And they told me at the doctor that if I get in a wreck that and I have this brace on, then I guess it, like they can. It's either it's a hundred percent like considered my fault, or or like it's way easier to you know make it so that it's my fault because you know I'm driving impaired or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know about all of it, but at some point I'm gonna start just going cruising too because I got a lot of places for deer and elk and turkey that I'm gonna be scouting, and I might just roll around and you know if there's a real easy one or something just hop out the truck or something, but we'll see. What you, you know me. I'm really thinking about all that leftover turkey that we're going to eat. Did you tell my brain there. my gears were turning? Yeah. I was looking at you in the screen and I could tell. <laughs> well, I've been thinking about <laughs> that and then I've had a couple funny thoughts pop up. And Anything appropriate you can share with us? I mean, even if it's a little, even if it's a little on edge, I don't, I don't really care, you know? A little naughty on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! No, he made a bunch of turkey nuggets last night, and then you got what about halfway through it, and you got oh, I was a little more. I had like two or maybe three more little baskets to go, so probably like another forty-five pieces. And the you're talking about the the grease starting to burn. <laughs> yeah, I went for. Try to do two full breasts in this one little fryer. I just busted it out of the box. Never been used. Like, well, we'll see how far this will go. And it just, it got way too hot, which we got most of it done. 
but it started like the bubble started having like smoke coming out of it and it smoked out the whole cabin. There's just it smells just like burnt flour in there now. So that's nice. It didn't go the distance. So pop when you get there in a few days since you're watching this is smell like burnt flour. <laughs> Do you guys want to uh start answering some questions and like Maybe that'll get more people asking more questions. I mean, I, there's some on there that are, I think are good, and we can just yeah. we can just take off with. And um, yeah, I think I got some starred here, so I can just start popping them up here. Um, we'll pop them up, and then we're gonna read them that way. Um, obviously, if you're watching it, you can read it. But I'm gonna post these as audio versions as well. So. Taking my niece on her first turkey hunt this Saturday, but it's supposed to be super windy, 20 mile an hour sustained. Any tips for windy weather? Justin asks. I think try to know where the turkeys are roosted before that day even starts. That's going to really help you out a lot. If you can even just start going out right now and trying to find, you know, yep. either one flock or several if, if you're in an area where you can find that. But if you know right where they're at, you know, and can get within... I mean, I mean, close distance mm -hmm. at first light, and just be able to hang with them. And it's that's going to be tougher with a younger hunter out there to roll with them. But if you can get real close and get amongst the flock, I'd mm -hmm. say that's that's where I would start. That, I yeah, guess that's yeah, kind of where sure. I always start personally. Start but, there, and then try to have a pretty good idea of what direction they're going to yeah. go once they hit the ground. Because mm -hmm. once that windy weather, your best bet's just to try to get ahead of where you think they're going. Mm -hmm. And being early in the season, I'm. Uh, I'm assuming this is early season hunting for them that, yeah. you know, so in that case, take everything I just said and just throw it out the window. <laughs> now I think, I think one of the, here the next couple of days I would go out and listen and like he said, say which way they kind of drift. Yep. Too. The other thing that has been a super helpful thing for me when thinking about windy days is Turkey hunting is not necessarily like deer hunting where you check the wind before you go, but on those windy days, if you know it's going to be windy and you can predict that wind direction, using that to your advantage if you have any amount of terrain. So, for example, if you're in hilly terrain and you have a west wind, your east-facing hillsides are definitely going to be where those turkeys have a tendency to go on those types of days where, you know, maybe on a really nice, calm, perfect turkey hunting morning, it's clear beautiful they're just going to stay you know up on the ridge or up on the bench or kind of going back and forth but on that windy day it's going to be way more comfortable for a thing that has a fan on its back you know to kind of go down into a place just try to think where... about where you'd like to be you know wherever mm -hmm. be most comfortable for you to be and be out of the wind on that day and you know if it's flat country just on the back side of a pine thicket or something like that that's blocking wind just anywhere that's comfortable for you that's probably where they're going to be too yeah and i'd say one last thing is try and get yourself some sort of louder turkey call mm -hmm. that you can cut through that wind with like mm -hmm. a crystal call or a box call yep for sure have that along yeah i next, think that's a good good tip yep all right okay Jacob. what was that <laughs> keep my ears how plugged. do y'all locate birds when it's raining a place you've never hunted and trying to locate them on the roost Jeez. oh there it is a June bug? Yeah. That ain't no June was, bug. Is it? That was, that was a unique sound, old June coming up there. What do you do in the rain? How do you locate birds in the rain? Just wait. Nick's about to have a meltdown in here. 
I got him. What about that wasp I cut in half still the other day? That was wild. He cut the stinger right off with a knife. And it just kept Snapchat. walking around without a stinger. Yeah, I got I'm a mall up to date on the Snapchat. Time, so I really, I don't I'm not in in with this. All right, answer this guy's question. Oh, sorry. Man. Can you read? <laughs> Barely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of slow at it sometimes. Jeez, I you also wanna, have trouble saying my R's. You so want to read really it to wanna... Nick, Zach, again? <laughs> how do you, how do you locate turkeys when it's raining, uh, like in a place you've never hunted? Um, Trying to locate them on the roost. It might not go um, on if it's raining. I mean, if you're lucky, they will. But yeah. I guess mm -hmm. if you're trying to hear them on the roost, I wouldn't really stray away from anything. Any other time you're trying to find them on the roost, but raining, just hope. I mean, be looking in open areas is about the only thing you can really do there. And if it's open, and if it's not open, like you're hunting big timber stands, you're not necessarily going to go look in a field like you might when you're in Iowa, but look in logging roads, check for uh, turkeys in open timber. And I think another thing is if it's raining, you may not find them on the roost, but if you stay mobile and look for fresh, fresh sign, once you find it, you can guarantee they're there. So for example, if you find a big track while it's raining, there's a dang good chance he's either going to be right in that area. Well, he's going to be in that right, right in that area right now, but there's a dang good chance he'll be there in the next morning or that evening so i would say that's our biggest strategy when it's raining because there is a good chance like jake said that they're not going to be not going to be and I will, or, uh, goblin. Uh, like it, say it's not raining the night before and you can get out and try to roost them i mean if you know right where they're at you know if you can get them to gobble on the roost in the evening i mean that'd be mm -hmm. obviously a good start too just kind of like the windy day situation i guess Anybody have problems with ticks in the winter, like Southeast Michigan, says Kenny. And yes, Kenny, we have found ticks on us in the winter. I'm pretty sure it was like two or three. Well, I mean, even this season, I'm pretty sure people January. Found, yeah, ticks on them in January when we were deer hunting. So use that permethrin if, you, if you're willing. You know, some people are against it, but that definitely has been the best thing for us. Mark Methrin asks, up. if you had to take one turkey call... With you hunting, what would it be and why? Mark asks that. I think that's an awesome question. I think I'd take the loudest diaphragm call I can find. Because if it's windy, then that's your crutch to try to, you know, cut the wind. Then you can also do it without moving. And then you can also get soft. So yep. Just the loudest, absolute loudest diaphragm call I could get my hands on. That's my answer, too. I'd say I'm in on that as well. I say take whatever you're most comfortable with. And I think for us, yeah, it's all diaphragm. But, you know, everybody's got something that they're the most comfortable with. And whatever you can, you know, like Nick mentioned, whatever you're most versatile with. I feel the most confident with the mouth call as far as staying consistent. And to me, I'd rather be able to be consistent softly than loud. And I can do that best with a mouth call. Logan asks, the turkeys I hunt... On public land or pressured, got any advice on how to kill pressured birds? Hmm. Everybody takes I'll, a big I'll, idea. I'll get. I'll get. I'll give a couple. I'll give a couple ideas of just things like. I think, just reading the situation, you know, if you're in a bunch of, uh, if you're in a high hunter density area. Just try to think outside of the box. You know, take note of what people are doing. Like you're gonna see trends with hunters. You're going to see actually more 
obvious patterns of hunters than you are turkeys probably. So just try to do something different than them. For example, if everybody's accessing on the ridge, you maybe think about coming in on the side or hunting down the bench. If, uh, if um, there's a lot of people hunting the roads, maybe you walk in further. You know, just try to think outside of the box. That is, it, whether it's deer, turkey, elk, whatever it's been, hunting public land I would say that's the number one thing that I try to do is just think of what's everybody doing? And, and regionally that changes, but what's everybody doing? How can I do something else? And that's really, really helped in, you know, not just turkey hunting, but everything else. Yeah, when you guys we have anything hunting, to add? When we were hunting in Mississippi, that for warped turkey, instead of focusing on like big chunks where there might be a trail that you can walk way back in on, which we were checking those areas out, but we were finding a lot of, people sign that was using that same access so instead we started looking for you know smaller chunks or like areas where we could hear into a public bottom from the road and that's how we ended up finding that turkey that he shot is just bouncing around those you know a little bit more obscure spots mm-hmm. and do a lot of scratching i'd say the pre- uh, especially on pre- i mean really any turkeys but pressured turkeys especially listen for drumming because they probably aren't going to be gobbling as much if there is a lot of pressure and and do that scratching when when you got them coming your way i guess or try to seal the the Mm -hmm. deal with that yeah i think that i think that yeah calling less or like less aggressively too has been something i've noticed in heavily pressured areas that a lot of times most hunters are calling more aggressively or more often than maybe you need to it's just like there's no harm in just staying, staying low key. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing. Try that. to be doing something different than what you see and hear everybody else doing. Yeah. Just a little bit different, if you can. Yep. Um. Next question from Stephen. What is the reason a turkey drums? Nobody ever talks about why a turkey drums. What's he? What? I guess I don't really know technically, but. I got opinions. I think it's a good, I think it's, I think they use it to communicate. I yeah. mean, instead of gobbling, they're just like basically trying to corral all the ladies that are close to them already. Mm-hmm. You know, especially, I mean, you hear, yeah. I've, I mean, I don't even feel like it's really opinion. It's just like there's been so many times too where you yelp at a turkey and they don't gobble back, but like they haven't drummed in quite a while and then all of a sudden, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think like it's a try- way, yeah, a way to communicate without giving themselves away. Mm-hmm. Saying, come over here basically yeah yeah that's what it is too close proximity communication as well and you know just like real soft calling really it's their way of doing that instead of going letting everybody know where they're at Mm -hmm. like i mean a lot of times it's when it it's when it's a group of turkeys right it's mm -hmm. not like it's not like it's one hen over here and one tom over here and he's drumming a lot of times it's like there's a group of turkeys together and he's just following along spitting and drumming. And I think that just, you know, again, is that confirmation that it's just that close range communication, but I would assume they hear it for that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would also assume they hear it a hell of a lot better than we hear it. Yeah. Yeah. So Tyler asks, I know you guys are living the dream, but do you guys ever get down and out being on the road and just want to go home? No, I I I think I miss people from back home, but I also, I mean, I know that there's nothing else I'd rather mm-hmm. be doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, if I was at home right now, I'd want to be turkey hunting somewhere. Yeah. So 
You miss yeah. people, not so much the place. Yeah, it's like I don't feel like this ever gets old, but I also need to see my friends and family mm -hmm. sometimes. Get a little reset. So, but that's the nice thing about having a bigger group like we do is like, you know, people can go home. Well, you know, like us three are out going to be out hunting right now, but other people are able to go back and visit their friends and family. And I mean, we'll have an opportunity to do mm -hmm. that too. And I think that's something pretty unique about our group is that like, there's pretty much constantly somebody working on something. And if you're not, you know, on the computer working, you're probably out trying to gather some sort of, you know, yeah. next video. So it works pretty good. Yeah, I would say the only time that the only time that I get sick of it is when I'm sitting at the computer and and I would rather not be sit you know, like two or three days sitting at the computer. It's just like I'd rather just be at home if I'm gonna be sitting at the computer not sitting here like wishing I was hunt you know, I'm gonna be wishing I'm hunting one way or another, but yeah, that's the only time that I ever get get uh, down and out about it. Mm -hmm. Craziest hunting experience. Craziest hunt experience. I'd say my craziest hunt experience might be the uh, what me and Nick heard in Missouri. Yep. Uh, yeah. I think that's mine as well. What's the title of that video? Do you know? Scariest thing ever. Or something scariest like hunt that. ever. Yeah, I, don't, I think it was from this last fall. Yeah. Yeah. Deer tour video. It's early on in the tour, it's like probably like number twelve or fifteen, something like that. If you want to check out how scary it really was. Mm-hmm. That's how called. Scary. It just said scary how situation. scary it really was. <laughs> that was pretty scary. <laughs> it, yeah, it was pretty terrifying. I think mine was our elk hunt, Zach. Yeah, I mean, that's... just getting that close to that thing and having everybody there, we kind of lost our minds. Yeah, that's it. I would say as well, just epic I mean, adventure he was like that. Than he was to me, so. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty sweet, and just the pack out and everything is just. You know, it's just like one of those memories that is just, I mean, really all the elk hunts that I have, that I've been on and been a part of, it's all just elk hunting in general has just been a pretty um, crazy experience. Just, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's new and it's in such big country, but you know, even like, even like Ted's elk, I mean, that too is also, while the, the, the pack out or the distance wasn't the same. It's all the memory of that and, you know, overcoming the challenges of something new is all, um, yeah, just really awesome, I think. And mm -hmm. I mean, anyway, I could go start talking. Boy, we get to talking about that. Let me go down to memory lane, you know. We got another <laughs> elk hunt that, you know, has, what could be coming out this summer that, oh, son, it's another one of them. So this is a good question that I like. Um, because I think this is something that I'd kind of learned about through over time, last, the, especially the first few years of traveling. But Eric asks, do turkeys go higher up in the mountains as things green up? And I guess my opinion isn't necessarily that maybe they, well, they definitely go up higher and they have a tendency to, you know, go up higher in elevation. But I guess more along those lines is I don't, focus on super high elevations early in the season for example if you've got mountains that are eastern mountains or western mountains if you've got mountains that have you know varying elevation i'm not necessarily first day of season going to go up to the highest point but you know as that season progresses like you get into you know may or late april and the green up starts to go up i would say there's a good chance that those turkeys are going up and i think that we've dealt with it and I mean, I can think of states like 
I mean, definitely in Western states, and then also states like Virginia, Georgia, West Virginia, where we've hunted in some mountains that get up, you know, 3,000 feet or higher. There's definitely like a difference between the low elevation green up and the high elevation green up. I think you can uh, you can pay attention too to what it looks like that they're in too as far as you know whatever stage the foliage is that they're in and you know you can I just take note of it I guess if you are seeing them higher than you typically do pay attention to what what it looks like that year and then mm-hmm. you, that might you might start to create some sort of you know pattern pattern yep exactly they're gonna follow food sources right like and hens have to have nesting so like all those things really start to make a bunch of changes as the season progresses you know you can be in a in a state where there's almost no leaves early in the season then by the end of season it's basically summer so you know opportunities for them are going to change really quickly um hopefully that answers your question there he's just taking a beating in there what is it a few good flicks I think this June bug was laying on its back and I just like had it in my fingers like this and it started moving around. It scared me. Guy asks, what are your top three tips for hunting early season Easterns? Locate as many as you can. Focus on sign. If you're not hearing turkeys gobble, hone in on sign. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would say scratching the leaves, baby. I don't know. We could probably come up with like 40 of them, though, if we sat yeah. here and talked about it for too long. But I think uh, I've had a lot of luck, you know, later in the morning, middle of the day, afternoon, too, just when they kind of break up. It seems like they kind of will break up from their flock as the day goes on. You know, they might lose their hens or, you know, they, you know, they just slowly break up as the day goes on. I've had, I feel like I've had luck as they do that, too. Or they just, you know, they get down there, do they do their thing with the hens, you know, for a couple hours, and they probably just realize, you know, she's not. I'm, I might not get lucky today, so they might be more willing to go, you know, check out a different hen. Yeah, yeah, just hanging with them as long as you can. Once you get on them, yep. seems to be a good tip always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> check um, that encounter. Uh, what is it? This one here. Mm-hmm. My craziest hunting story was getting lost in the woods and walking three miles <laughs> to my truck to Jake standing there eating an orange <laughs> with hair that hadn't been washed in five days. Yep, I remember that. That was about a week ago. That, that was this year. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. what happened? Can you tell me I more? I'm just, man, I, was, dude, I actually – I would. I would love to really have an exact picture. I mean, I can get a pretty good visual just imagining it, but I would love to have a picture of the visual he got of your ass standing on top of the hill eating an orange. <laughs> it could have been, been a lot worse, I guarantee you that. I think I was, you know, had, I was fully clothed and, you know, <laughs> doing anything you did, but luckily when he rolled up, but I, I was probably hooting and doing stuff like that and calling and, and I'm just so sitting there funny. waiting for these guys to get back to camp, really. And I, I, I kept thinking I was here and walking, like, you know, maybe a turkey's coming up here, a deer's coming up here, and then eventually I could just see someone walking up to camp. And 
<laughs> I can't remember exactly what he said, but he's just like, I think he might have said something like, man, I'm glad to see you, you guys or something like that. And I don't know if he, it had clicked that to him yet that it like he had watched the videos, you know, he was just, I think he was just happy to see someone maybe uh -huh. you can the comments if I'm wrong, but, <laughs> <laughs> but then he pops out, he's like, you know, there was some expletives said because he just realized that, you know, it's like, this is someone that I've watched on my screen before. So, I mean, it'd be just like me walking up to, you know, you guys before I started, you know, working with you. It's been like, I'd have been like, what the, what the hell's going on? <laughs> but he had just like, he had let turkeys drag it, you know, he just followed turkey gobbles way away from his vehicle. And then he was going to just come out to this main road that we were on instead of busting through the brush on the way back. And it would have been a further walk, but, you know, instead of walking through thick stuff in the dark, he was just going to walk the road. But then I was there to give him a ride when he got got out. So we talked for, I don't know, quite a while, an hour or so. And then I eventually gave him a ride back. And then, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty funny, though. <laughs> it would just be, yeah, that would be a weird, weird situation to be in where it's just like, because he, he grew up hunting there. It's just like you could tell that this isn't the kind of guy that he wasn't lost. He just he had got way further from the truck than he was hoping to. And he didn't realize that, I don't think. He knew how to get back. But you can tell, like he, that, that was the first time something like that had ever happened to him. So he's, I think he's pretty happy that he didn't have to walk all the way back. Um, here's another one. Christopher asks, with TSS being more available, have you considered shooting 20, 28, or even 410 gauge turkey loads? I think, Jake, you just had some more like opinion on that recently, I think, based yeah. off the 410 or something. I, I, I kind of want to retract what I said a little bit. So Ted and I are shooting the 20 gauges. I have a 28 gauge that might be sent here, you know, in the next couple of weeks. And I think I said that I wouldn't use a 410 as a full grown adult. What I want to say is you just, you'd have to know what the gun's capable of. Like you can't be mm. shooting through brush at 30 yards and stuff like that. You just need, I mean, you just need to know what the gun is capable of, I guess, where, you know, a 30 yard shot through a little brush with a 12 gauge or a 20 gauge is a shot I would feel confident mm. in, but we're just having that many less BBs with the 410 just like you're you're just not going to have you know the amount of bbs and i guess power to ram yeah. through that brush and it's not going to be as an ethical of a shot i guess mm -hmm. if, if you had a higher gauged gun but yeah. I, th I think He's, they're cool options they're nice and light to carry around you just have to know what they're capable of i guess which i think is i think is important with any gun load even a 12 gauge right it's like you still need to know what's responsible like just yeah. hammer and brush just to get a shot off is not necessarily responsible in every situation and i think one way to practice that and i think aaron and i did it i don't know if it was thp days or midwest whitetail days i actually think it was midwest whitetail days it was i remember watching it mm -hmm. yeah we did a fun little experiment where we went out to our buddy's property and just put a box up with um a target on it and we would just shoot through brush and we were comparing two two exact same guns just an 870 or a, i'm sorry a 12 gauge and a 20 gauge both 870s and like it was pretty interesting i was actually pretty surprised at how well the 20 gauge did the 12 gauge did better had more bbs but it was pretty impressive but until you do something like that you know you definitely got to be careful with it so i think you know that's probably the most important thing um next question is a quick a quick answer what's the best way to contact you guys i mean we have an email but you can also message us on just about anywhere i'd say the only thing that you know could get 
very easily lost would be, uh, you know, comments would, would get lost. But if you send us a message or an email, probably email would be, you know, if you got something real official, send us an email. Thehuntingpublic at gmail.com. Um, biggest mistake most turkey hunters make. Nick, go. Um, getting up when you should be still sitting down. Yeah, that's a good. Getting impatient, thinking that you know that bird moved off. I don't know how many times. Dude, he ain't gobbling. I gotta move, and you get up and you see him standing seventy yards away. Or you move and he gobbles right where you were just sitting. Yeah, Uh just happened before. Being trying to be patient. That's, I know that's my biggest mistake. I think. That's a good one. Because I start, I get in my own head, and I in my head, I'm like, it's been half an hour. It's been five minutes in reality. Mm-hmm. And then I start telling myself all these things. Well, this happened, or this, or this, or this. Instead of just sitting there, drinking my water, you know, <laughs> taking a breather. Keeping uh, safe. Yeah, Are being safe. <laughs> safe. Yeah, I, just yeah. Kind of- I don't, I, yeah, I would say that's probably the number one thing. I mean, also just like, <laughs> what? What happened? There's, there's June bug guts all over Ted's screen. <laughs> I just annihilated I forgot that June was my bug. computer. I thought it was Jake's. Everybody. I got a power flick, and I just put it right on him. And I think what <laughs> happened is it hit this little shift. This feel it turns the windshield wiper on, and it just kind of exploded his guts on the screen. I think the other mistake that I feel, I mean, kind of as along those lines, is just oh, he's not gobbling. I should just call a bunch more, you know, and like. Just being realistic with, you know, I mean, especially like looking back at when I was younger, when I wasn't that good at calling and I would just keep ripping at him just because he was gobbling. A lot of times being in a better position is more advantageous than calling more, right? So like, okay, he's not coming in. Let's just make the move and get there. Now, with that being said, it's like you also could make the mistake that Nick just made. So it's like it's a balance of those things, I think. Being in a good position versus trying to call him to you is another mistake. Um, tips for bow hunting birds without a blind and broadhead suggestions. And I think that, uh, unfortunately, Greg's not here to answer that one, but I think he thinks that the best broadhead for turkeys is just a bigger cutting diameter. So mm-hmm. we're not usually big fans for uh expandables for deer but turkeys i think greg really likes them for that i think uh something cool that i've seen a lot of guys that bow hunt turkeys a lot like they'll get they'll go to like you know whatever your home you know decor store store is and they'll get like you know some of them fake leaves and stuff and they'll get them Mm -hmm. fastened onto their bow somehow i think i mean honestly you can get you know a good leafy suit or something like that you can blend in pretty Mm -hmm. darn good out there Mm-hmm. But have your bow all camouflage. Yeah, gonna really probably wouldn't be a bad idea for doing that to a tripod. Honestly, mm-hmm. you still use a drape. Oh, yeah. That trip, having it just to break up that rigid outline. I you know, actually have a great idea for that. Uh, use a shoulder rig. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's really more of an inside joke than anything. So, for y'all don't know what I'm talking about, I'm anti tripod. Anyway, I think I think. Uh, yeah, just kind of using the same things too, like we we would do when we're setting up on the ground for for deer hunting, like having front cover, horizontal cover, back cover, like stuff that um, just just is gonna break up that outline and just being creative with it, I think, and 
Um, make sure you have enough room to draw. Too, I, mean, I know, I think he's probably referring to just like a pop-up blind, but if you can, you know, make some sort of blind, you know, just with the sticks and whatever you have available out there, that could really help too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, there's a YouTube channel, Close Proximity TV. Yeah. He does, that's like all he does is mm -hmm. bow hunt. Yeah, so just go on there and watch that. He, yeah, he's yeah. Probably got Jordan Barnes. He's, yeah, Jordan he's Barnes. got some cool hunts. Um, another thing, this is just totally like something I've been wanting to tell you guys that I'm excited about. So in my, uh, recovery stage, I've been watching, believe it or not, been watching a ton of whitetail adrenaline and, you know, still loving that. But something I was thinking about, I was watching, you know, how they have like over the years, they've had different, um, what am I trying to say? Different, like cover or you know clothing types or they made different stuff and spray payloads and everything and i have been thinking about this for a while but i think it would really help in some of the i mean really every ground hunting situation but definitely some of the really open stocks where like jake and i when we would be peeking over some of those like little little spots and you know these western hunts we've been on the last couple of years making stocks i bought and i'm going to test it i don't know if it's going to work at all but i bought these uh, like three rolls of ghillie material. I bought a like eight pack of headbands, and I'm just gonna try to experiment. Oh, and ghillie net, and I'm gonna try to sew. <laughs> this is how bored I am, you know. <laughs> being, not being out on turkey tour, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna try to sew it, it. Which is crazy. You can't just find like a ghillie pullover. Like I want to wear a build hat. I don't want to wear a big gilly hat that you know covers my ears up i'm not i'm not about that i want that bill it helps me you know stay out of the sun but i'm thinking about taking gilly material or netting and sewing it to that headband and then just like when you're about to make a stock just pull it out of your pack and just slide it on there and then hopefully just have gilly material because when you're bow hunting you know this is still a hard edge right it's like if you cover your face in your in your shoulders, which I got a little natural ghillie here, but it's like when you're bow hunting, if you just have a little bit that breaks up that hard edge. So I'm thinking I'm just gonna drape it over there and just snip it off the the front of that, and I don't know, just something to. And then maybe late season too. I was thinking specifically with this the Gooch hat here. You know, you could easily tie ghillie material material into that and just drape it off there. But I don't know, a little little DIY project coming at y'all soon. <laughs> sorry i just been super excited about that like one night was up entirely too late looking at what ghillie material could be best for that i think i got the right option but i'll keep y'all updated <laughs> um all right we, we got a few more time probably time for a few more and then i mean i would sit here and keep talking all night but i know y'all are probably pretty tired because you guys are you guys are uh you know out there hunting on the road but I got entirely too much energy because I've been sitting. I don't know. Somebody said everybody look at Ted. So just tips for finding big. So show them what you're running for. Just biceps. having a peek. Having a peek. <laughs> Let's see yours. I'll get my. Are you gonna do yours? <laughs> uh, you're gonna put. You should see Ted's. Now get yours up. Oh! 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 oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Dang, that's tough. Yeah, I didn't know we were having the mountains <laughs> in Texas. Oh, no, my bird. We've been doing push-ups push like crazy. So. Yeah, well, why do you guys not do it whenever I'm around? I want in. 
<laughs> Zach, we've gotten to this point where I like to get like when Jake gets down to do his push-ups, I like to get to where the bills of our hats are touching oh, and then yeah. try to stare at each other while you do your push-ups. <laughs> Maintain composure. It's really helping. <laughs> it's really helping. <laughs> good result. And it keeps uh, morale boosted. Yeah. <laughs> I really knocked this really knocked this turkey off here. Any to... tips to finding Big Woods birds? You got any tips, Ted? Finding Big Woods birds, find those big ridges that drop down into the big creek bottoms would probably be. Yeah, start with the creeks, and I think if you can find some sort of disturbance, you know, like, you know, some sort of habitat change, clear cut, you know, I guess like you're saying, the creek bottoms will offer something a little different. Just any sort of field that, you know, if they butt up to some private fields or something like that, which I guess Big Woods maybe one, but clear cuts, some sort of disturbance, burns, anything. Yeah. I'd say definitely disturbance in water. Matthew asks, what do you do if you just spooked a turkey? Pow, boy. Pow, absolutely. You were the bird. Yeah, we just uh, made a video on that when I shot at the one the other day. (laughs) Yeah. So you can go back and watch that. (laughs) Didn't work out. (laughs) Nope. But we tried it. I feel like one of the things that, like I've had success with is just giving it time, going at it from a different angle, maybe try a different call. I mean, it definitely can be done. Or if you just spook him or, you know, and you know where he goes and he starts gobbling again and you were calling to him, maybe you just try for the stock. You know, I, I think mix it up, just do something different. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Don't do the same exact thing that you just did when you spooked him, I'd say, because mm-hmm. he's going to be expecting, like it, they, mem- they remember that type of stuff. It seems like, with that being said, though, too, I do have a couple experiences where, like, I had a turkey come in and do the old head pop up, putt, and then drop off the side of the ridge and just stay there and just scratch a bunch and then start calling again. And I've had them come right back. Actually, I don't know if you guys remember, maybe Jake and Ted do, but uh, Keith and I, a couple seasons ago, were hunting with our buddy Jacob, and he missed a couple on opening day. And then we had we had a couple more funny mishaps, but then one of them came in from a long way away. Came all the way up, popped his head, putted at us, and we just hung with it. And we had like it was close at noon, and we had like five minutes left when he shot it. But it was one of those deals where it's like we we I guess technically spooked him a little bit, but we just <laughs> kept with it and actually did pretty much keep doing the same thing. And he came back. So yep. sometimes it's just like I'd say always just hang loose a little bit and listen because that. That's one thing, even if pouting, even if standing up and being like, darn it, man, we didn't do that right, then you just hang loose and he may gobble again and tell you what you need to do next. I'm talking about that turkey that goes flying to the next ridge, I guess. Well, then reset, you know, go go back to the truck and (laughs) (laughs) head to to get yourself a biscuit, you know. (laughs) Go find yourself another good bird. (laughs) Yeah, say darn it and move on. (laughs) It's like that video of, of Roy's when Ben and I were up ahead and we kind of working on those turkeys in West Virginia and all of a sudden it was just like, and they literally flew like a mile over, you know, to the next mountain. It's just like, have a good one. <laughs> um, Jordan asks, when you mark where the turkey is at on Onyx, do you know or are you guessing? 
talk about triangulation, I think is like that, that explains it best, I think. Yeah. So you can get that, uh, you know, I'll get it up just so I can try to explain it best to you. So in the bottom right, there's that little, you know, you know, t- t- thing that you can click where you can turn your phone and it'll show you basically which way you're facing. What I'll do is you just, you know, face your phone right at the turkey and then go to your tools, line distance, and you, you know, I just draw a line basically straight where I think they're at and that'll give you a yardage and you can kind of, I guess, guess the yardage based off what you think you're hearing, like Mm -hmm. how far would you guess it is away? And then you can, you know, maybe need to make your line a little further or shorter. And then you, what we try to do, or I guess, I guess we've always tried to do this, but Shane Simpson was the first one I heard call it, calling it triangulate, you know, the location. Basically, you get a different angle on it then, you know, maybe, you know, you walk up the logging road or drive up the road quarter mile, even 200 yards, just get a different angle on where you're hearing the turkey from. And then generally, you know, you know, can draw your X right where those two lines meet mm-hmm. and they're probably not going to be too far away from that. Yeah, I mean, it's always a guess unless you can see the turkey out there, but yeah. that seems to be the most accurate way that we can guess where he's at. And I think if you pay, like, if you're, you, if you're hunting in the same terrain all the time, you can, you can get pretty good at guessing how far it is, you know, just based off of. Yeah. And I know, mean, we it. don't always get it right, not even close, because the last, the turkey that Warp shot, we were, <laughs> we were way off by like yeah. at least 200 yards. Yeah, yeah, but that turkey was 900 yards away too. So it's like yeah. the closer you get, the easier it is, I feel like, to pinpoint, you know, where they're at mm-hmm. for sure. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, I was reading, um, reading to see what else has popped up here. I don't think I got through it all, but a uh, real quick answer from Tyler we have or the question is uh oh where have y'all hunted in these states well i can't tell you that but we've i thought sorry i thought the question was have you hunted in those states yes we have where i can't remember moving on (laughs) (laughs) good old boys asked uh going on my first out of state hunt this year what do i need to bring um i think that water food and a good place to sleep with shelter those are probably the biggest three things and everything else you can probably live without mm-hmm. boots your gun your shells everything else you can live without your license sorry that's the other thing but otherwise i think that's anything you'd normally bring to turkey hunt and yeah like you said water try to i mean bring as comfortable stuff to sleep in as you can and yeah if you try not i i guess i did a video on that you know, just right before season here in Michigan. So watch that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were some pretty good tips in there. Yeah, the water jug thing was really a game changer for us. I feel like that put us into so many more opportunities. So, like, I don't know. There's there's different ways to do it, obviously. But, like, to me, the answer is not little 16-ounce water bottles. Get them jugs. Get a bunch of them. You're like 7-gallon go. blue jugs. At, I don't know what the – there's a bunch of different brand names, mm-hmm. but they got the little spigot that you can turn on the bottom to fill stuff up. And you can, I mean, I think you have like four or five of them, Zach, and you can mm-hmm. that'll last. That should last you at least a week on yeah. the trip. Really, you can get them from Walmart for like seven bucks or something like that. Yeah, and that one year we went to Florida. I think we only had two of them for for the three of us, which was uh, Ted, Jake, and I. And I mean, we were literally having to refill them every day. And it was like after that trip, it was like we need more. Let's just get no. more. You can't go wrong. 
Nope. Um, this is a this is a great question by Cameron. Yep. How do you guys have a successful hunt if you eat chili the night before? Well, Nick, since Nick came around, we've been eating a lot more stuff with spice on it. I'd say so. We don't. We, yeah, I mean yeah. it's gotten a lot louder. Uh, <laughs> a good, lot smellier. A good pack of wet wipes never hurts. Never hurts. Yep. Uh, collect napkins from all your fast food stops. Have them handy. What I like to do actually is I have toilet paper in a plastic baggie in my vest at all times. Yep. I have wet wipes in this little Ziploc bag at all times. So that's what I'm running this spring. Yep. And I take Pantoprozol daily for indigestion. So, you know, I mean, you could, you could get on some of that. It's not going to help you on the other end, but it'll help the, the reflux. Um, all right. We're getting towards the end here. Um, <laughs> Trey asks, Zach, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy is your girl that you get to stay back for turkey season? That's a funny question. I think that probably pretty happy, and it's actually one of the things that is nice about it is I get to spend a lot more time with her. But I'll be curious by the end of this how you know much she's going to be encouraging me to go and get away and not be complaining about how I'm not going anymore. Because, like, so there's a balance there, right? It's like, Has she heard you? work in your turkey call at all in the house <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's funny earlier today she got home from work and i was talking with uh, minnesota mitch and she went into she went into the room and shut the door and i was like i was like what are you not you tired of talking hearing me talk about hunting and she said you're just loud and i have a headache <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. sorry about that but any anything else you guys have anything else you want to talk about you guys probably ready to you guys probably ready to hit it huh nuggets yeah i'm on the same yeah. page yeah that well that last person says don't use poison ivy to wipe that's true i've got poison ivy on my arms right now just went and got a steroid shot in the old butt cheek this so if he's looking it. huge too that's why <laughs> yeah well, i'm on these roids oh. look at them guys <laughs> yeah yeah i'm trying to think of anything else i've been there too they gave it to him yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. I've had that before. It helps, but um, I was uh, I guess for those that some people have asked, update on my leg. Legs getting better, but you know we're just chipping away day at, day at a time. In a nutshell, definitely feeling better though. Those first the podcast and listen. Yeah, we're gonna. It'll be on the channel. So well, I guess a couple. I guess a couple quick updates on the podcast in general. I'm starting to upload the audio versions as well. I've took a break from that because we were launching this channel and I didn't want to get ahead on the audio versions before we posted the video versions. So I'm getting back on that. I'm going to be posting quite a bit here till we get caught back up. And then once we're caught back up, we're going to go Tuesday. We're going to do a recorded podcast, which will go up on both channels. And then we'll do these lives on Thursday. And, um, you know, if you guys have any other ideas that you want to hear people that you want to, you know, hear from, just let us know and we'll try to make it happen. Um, I, I enjoy doing it. So, you know, thanks for everybody for showing up. Yeah. Subscribe if you haven't already. We appreciate it. Yeah. I think it's at like six grand by mm -hmm. now. So, yeah, I think we've had, yeah, yeah, it's somewhere close. And, you know, if you guys have, again, anybody y'all want to hear, let me know because I'm always looking for, looking for more options. I mean, 
we'll 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 bring it to you. Thanks everybody. Peace out. Good night, Chesty. Wherever you are.